Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. You're listening to the Jacob Media Sports Network in partnership with AM 1490 Sports Betting Radio. Subscribe to the Jacob Media channel on YouTube for access to all daily sports content. All right, welcome back The Fix. I'm your host. I'm your host, Ryan Rothstein. We're live in the Prop Swap Studios. John McMullen joins us now. He'll be um, calling in here in just a second. So if I seem a little distracted, I'm waiting for uh, this board to light up and connect him on here and have a nice little conversation about the NFL Divisional Round. And... Now, before we went to break, I was just kind of screaming and hollering about the Browns and the lack of respect that they've gotten. And I'm not saying this shouldn't be a uh, a 10-point number against the spread. I'm not saying they're going to go in there and win. But I'm curious to see what Chiefs team we see, if it's going to be a close game. And, yeah, like, like we can see anything happen. In any of these games, but would any of us be surprised if the Chiefs jump out to a 21 nothing lead? They've been chomping at the bit to get back on the field last weekend off. So yeah, they, they could very easily come out guns a-blazing in this game at Arrowhead Stadium. Could get ugly really quick. Um but the 10-point number, I don't want to say it scares me, but there is that little voice in the back of my mind that says, huh, can I see this game being 26-21 with five minutes left in the fourth? I, I, I think I can. So uh, we'll talk about all these games right now with our NFL Eagles insider, John McMullen. Follow John on Twitter at jfmcmullen, phillyvoice.com, si.com. And you can listen to him tomorrow morning right here on 1490, host of Extending the Play, 10 a.m., to 11 a.m. John, happy Friday. Let's talk some divisional round, shall we? Yeah, let's talk about it. Actual football instead of, uh, you know, interviews in South Florida at a mansion. Pretty exciting. <laughs> I'm excited. It's like a breath of fresh air here tonight. So 
I, I want to start, I'm going to bounce around a little bit because uh, to start the show, I was talking a little bit about this Browns Chiefs game and just a disclaimer, like we, I, I've been critical of the Browns at times and Baker Mayfield, he's certainly a little bit overhyped. He has a ton of commercials. The Browns get a ton of coverage. They're 10 point underdogs here. But I've started to say to myself, like, when when do we give this team some credit? Like, even coming off this win against Pittsburgh, it's Pittsburgh lost it. You know, we blinked an eye and it was 28 nothing. And, yeah, that that's not necessarily false. <laughs> that helps, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But they deserve credit for that. Sure. So, what you know, what's your thoughts on this, on this Browns team as a whole? Winning a playoff game and now they have a matchup against Mahomes and the Chiefs. Well, no, look, I, I mean, it's really talented group. I mean, when it, it, it's one of those things where you were that bad for that long. Uh, all of a sudden, you start adding uh, talent and talent and talent. And, you know, whether you, you talk about high-profile players like Baker Mayfield, uh, Miles Garrett on the other side of the football, I mean, when, when you draft that high, Denzel Ward even a, a little bit, uh, lower, they have one of the best offensive lines in football. They have maybe the best uh, running back duo in football. I mean, they just accumulated talent, and then all of a sudden, it looks like they finally got it right at, at, a, at the head coaching position. All of a sudden, um, they're a playoff team, and as you said, they're blowing out the Pittsburgh Steelers. I, I do think. Um, you know, it's interesting because they had so many issues last week with COVID and um, Kevin Stefanski couldn't coach the game and Mike Prefer was coaching the game. They didn't have an offensive line coach. Um, and now everybody's back, and even the players. And, and Joel Batonio, all-pro guard, is back. And as I mentioned, you know, that offensive line with Jack Conklin uh, is back and Wyatt Teller, it's just – and J.C. Treader, it's just, it's so good. And, and you say to yourself, well, look at what they did, and they, they had all these issues, and, and then everything is copacetic and everything's back to normal, and I expect them to run into the Kansas <laughs> I mean, and people, you're going to have these idiot people saying, oh, they won without Kevin Sapansky, they won without this and without that, and you know, Kansas City's just on a different level than everybody else in this league right now. And it starts with the quarterback, obviously. And But, you know, that's not to say they can't play poorly. They played poorly. You know, that's that's the scary thing about Kansas City. If, if you go back to last season and you go back to the playoffs, for the vast majority of the playoffs, they played poorly. Yeah. You know, you think about how they started against Houston. You think about how, how they started against Tennessee. You think how, uh, about how they started in the Super Bowl. They were bad. And then they just blew the doors off these teams. <laughs> it's maybe 15 minutes of football and just boom. And, and, and uh, you know, if you want to compare it to basketball, it's like the Warriors who, you know, the at their height with Steph Curry banging threes from all over the place and, and, and Clay Thompson. And, you know, they'd be playing poorly and poorly and they'd be down six or eight and then boom, boom, boom. And, and you're down double digits. That's kind of what it reminds me of. And that's what I think 
um, the Browns are going to kind of run into. Uh, but it doesn't mean the Browns are a bad football team by any stretch of the imagination. They're finally going in the right direction. They finally have a, uh, a, a good head coach. We'll see how good. And, you know, Jeffrey Lurie will tell you they have uh, a genius from the GM factory and Andrew Berry. <laughs> so finally, Baker Mayfield, you know, he's got Emily Wilkinson. Everything's looking good for the Cleveland Browns. <laughs> if, how do we see the Browns winning this game? I, I, I know it's hard to even to ask, but how do we – how could we see the Browns winning this game? Could you even see them winning this game? What has to happen here? Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things. When you have teams that are as good as the Chiefs are right now, it's it's two things. you you got to bring your A game, and they got to play poorly. That's basically what's got to happen. Um, and, and those both things have to meet. Uh, and, it, you know, they've lost a game. It occasionally happens. Uh as I mentioned, they, you know, they were really close to to losing that Super Bowl, and then you look up and you you, you don't realize that. And I, you know, I I say it all the time. Patrick Mahomes may have had his worst game of the year for three quarters, and you know, then he's Super Bowl MVP. Uh, it, that's kind of what. Um, but you got to finish it, I mean, and that's easier said than done. And that's if you're playing. I, I mean, in theory, and the same people would say the same thing with Tennessee because of Derrick Henry and how explosive that he was um, in the playoffs last season. And you know they have that capability with the running game. And I mentioned, you know, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt plus that offensive line. In theory, they could run the football really well and 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 shorten the game, uh, and and you know hopefully if you can do that and keep that offense off the field, maybe you have a chance to win it in the fourth quarter, and maybe the football bounces your way. Um, a lot of ifs there, though. What's the uh, what's the the COVID testing look like in the next forty eight hours? Because while you were just answering that in my head, I say, all right, well, I mean. If we get an announcement tomorrow that Mahomes has tested positive, that's one way the Browns can win this game. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean that's sort of yeah. the caveat for every game, every uh, this season, every day. I mean these guys get tested every day, every single day. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean you got to clear, and that's why you see those reports. Uh, you'll see them Saturday morning and and Sunday morning as well, and you say everybody all clear, all games are a go. Yeah, I, I mean, that's sort of built into this season. Uh, and it, it happened to the Browns, and they were able to overcome it, uh, a significant, pretty significant outbreak. Um, and uh, obviously, uh, that could affect any team at any time. Any 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 of the eight teams left um, under the same circumstance, it's, it's always a possibility. Do they get tested on game day? Yes. Okay. Um, and and uh, that was at the beginning of the season. That answer was no. That they they implemented that. Uh, things started to spike a little bit. Probably week. Uh, I'm guessing here week eleven, week twelve, somewhere in that range. But yeah, they have uh, now they have test uh, game day as well. Um, so it, it's always in the back of your mind, certainly. 
All right, so the Browns are 10-point underdogs. 54% of the public is taking the Browns plus 10. The total points number is up to 57. 80% of the public. This is a number, John. I've been looking at these numbers since September. I haven't seen 80% very often. I want to say maybe once. 80% taking the over in this game. Um, so give me your you know, your take on it. Do the Chiefs cover that big number? I don't want an exact score prediction from you, but the style of this fight, how do you see it going? Well, the Chiefs are always going to score, so you kind of you kind of know that. You know, if they score 30, that's probably a little bit disappointing. Uh, so that's a good head start. That's a big number, and then, you know, 10's a big number as well, so that's why I think you have so many people thinking, maybe backdoor cover late uh, type of situation. You know, remember, if you're up uh, 16 points late in the game, you're probably playing a prevent defense. Somebody scores a, a garbage touchdown, and all of a sudden you have it. So uh, it's always when you have a good team, uh, I, I wouldn't mind taking that number. But I, yeah. I do think if if the Browns are able to cover, it'll probably be that, sort of what I just said, that backdoor variety. Uh, and then the number as a whole, that's, that's, that's a lot of points, man. It is. Um, so um, I, I don't know if Cleveland wants to play that type of game. In fact, I know they don't. Uh, the last thing you want to do is get in a shootout with that team. So I, I, I would just, from the style of the fight and the fact that Cleveland can run the football, I think they want to try to keep the the score down as much as possible, and that might affect them offensively. So I think maybe the under might be a good play there. Yeah, and my reasoning is just fade the public when it's that one-sided. That's uh, I'll take the sportsbook side on, on that one, and that's the only reason that I have. All right, let's go to uh, the Saturday game, bouncing around Rams at Lambeau Field. Packers are six-and-a-half-point favorites. Sixty percent of the public taking the Packers, laying the six-and-a-half points. The total is 45-and-a-half. Um, we know the Rams' defense is very good. Aaron Donald, I mean, we could stop them right there with our description. Uh, but then they have a solid secondary with Ramsey. But there's no such thing, John, as the shutdown corner in today's NFL anymore. So is there any way the Rams can go in there and, and keep this thing close? Uh, I, I, don't, I don't think so. I, I mean, Green Bay is playing so well. We've talked about Aaron Rodgers all season. That's my MVP. That should be everybody's MVP. He's playing at such a high level. I think he's on a mission uh, to prove something uh, this season. And, and you mentioned, I mean, you might have both sides, Jalen Ramsey and, and Jair Alexander for the Packers. That's as close as you get to lockdown corners. But guess what? Nobody locks down Devontae Adams. Everything is skewed towards the offense in this league. We know that. Um, that might be the best route runner in football. He's going to torture anybody. I don't care who it is. Um, they're not stopping Devontae Adams, especially with Aaron Rodgers throwing them the football. Uh, and then, you know, we kind of just mentioned the Chiefs, the Packers are kind of that uh, AFC version, not quite as explosive because <clears throat> they probably, you know, they don't have the same team speed, but uh, 
they have weapons all over the place. They have a good running game, good offensive line. Although Bakhtiari's out, so maybe that'll help the Rams a little bit. But bottom line is, you you got to have a quarterback to keep up with Aaron Rodgers. And I mean, Jared Goff deserves credit for coming into the game last week in very difficult circumstances. You know, just had surgery, uh, so give him points for toughness as well. But he clearly, I, I mean, look at the numbers. He clearly wasn't himself. And as good as that Rams defense has been this year, I, I just can't see in a million years how they keep up with the Packers. And I don't think, I, I can't even imagine the Packers scoring 10, 14 points. I, I don't care how good your defense is. Again, everything in, in the modern NFL is is baked in against you. Let's be let's be realistic. And when you have great offenses and great quarterbacks, it's like the exact opposite of old school mentality. And whether it's football, defense wins. Defense always travels in the seventies and eighties. And baseball's pitching, blah blah blah. It's not that way anymore. It's offense, 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 and they've skewed everything that way. So when you have a quarterback like Rodgers, you're going to score points. It's just a matter of that it keep you from 30 or 24. <laughs> and can the Rams score 24 with Jared Goff? No. At this stage, I, I don't think so. Especially in the cold. He's been brutal in his career um, in the cold yeah, weather. So. point. Yeah, I think it's going to be trouble for, for that offense. So I'm with you there. All right, let's get to the Saturday night game. This is the most intriguing game for me. I know everyone's talking about Brady Breeze, and, and rightfully so. But you have Lamar Jackson and the Ravens going up against the Bills, and it seems like there are, there's massive advantages on both sides for their offense. Like, the Ravens run the rock, as we all know. They average over 190 rushing yards on the ground this season, and the Bills haven't been great against the run lately. The Bills passing attack against the Ravens passing defense. So what's going to give? The Bills didn't look great last week, John. The Colts crossed the 50-yard line nine out of ten times. The Bills didn't sack Phillip Rivers one time. So it seems like, man, the Ravens can really potentially have some success here on the ground. They can any week, but uh, especially given the Bills' inconsistency in that area. How do you see this one going? Does Lamar Jackson make it to uh, championship weekend? Well, somebody, you know, it's got to be one of those young quarterbacks taking that next step. So it, it, it's, you know, somebody's got to do it. Might as well be Lamar. And I'm sure Josh Allen feels the same way. A little concern that Lamar's been worried about the weather, just from, you know, that kind of indicates it's in the back of your head, at least. And I don't know if that's necessarily a good thing. I mean, heck, if the game was in Baltimore, you know, you never know. Uh, it could be bad weather there as well. So I, I'm a little concerned that he's thinking about that. But I, I will say that, um, you know, I, I, I do think Baltimore is the more talented team. Um, and, and they got hot at the right time, although Buffalo has been hot as well. This is the best game of the weekend. It really is. You can you can talk yourself into a pretzel and, and say, uh, each team is going to win this game because, and I think it will come down to, you know, young quarterbacks trying to get over that hurdle because we've seen it time and time again. You almost have to go through stages in the NFL um, 
to win at a high level and make these deep playoff runs. And I think both of these quarterbacks have something to prove. Uh, obviously, I, I think Josh Allen's had the better season. Um, but Lamar's gotten hot at the right time. And it's going to be who makes the big plays in the fourth quarter. And it's uh, it, to me, this is the one toss-up where uh, it wouldn't surprise me either way if Buffalo won, if Baltimore won. I, I do just, I kind of always, and I always do, anybody who knows me, I always kind of lean towards who's got the better personnel. And to me, Baltimore's got better personnel. So you're going Baltimore with the slight edge. I know you said toss-up, but if you have to make very, a pick. Very slight. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. This one, I've been talking myself back and forth on, on both sides. I, I, I can't wait for that one, more so than this next game. Uh, Tom Brady against Drew Brees, one-on-one. Um, <laughs> Sunday at 6.40 Eastern. This is a three-point spread. The Saints getting the standard three at home. And this is, I don't think it's as much of a toss-up as the game we just talked about, but it's close. I, I do believe it's close. I, I'm going with the slight edge in favor of Tampa, but it's not because I'm obsessed with Tampa, and I think you and I agree. Um, I, I'm just not sold on the Saints um, totals at 52 or 51 and a half. Give me your thoughts on this one, John. Yeah, I, I've been talking about this for a number of weeks, uh, I think, and I, I didn't know what the matchup was going to be, but I've been predicting New Orleans would lose in the divisional round for a couple weeks because of that reason. Um, and, I, and I'm still there, and it's not necessarily having anything to do with Tampa. It's, I think... Um, you know, the Saints haven't been the same, as I mentioned, since Drew Brees got hurt. It's understandable. You break 11 ribs. He's not confident in, to, in it. Uh, he's clearly not been the same player. Um, it, it, you know, and I go back to that Christmas Day game a lot. That was that was a sort of a, a mirage because, you know, Minnesota was playing so many practice squad guys. It was just – you remember when the Eagles went down there with – uh, no defensive backs, and they were throwing out Chandon Sullivan and uh, Cravon LeBlanc, who mm-hmm. they just got off waivers at the time, and they just got blitzed. That was that. That was that Christmas Day game, exact same scenario, but even worse. I mean, there wasn't one player in the Vikings front seven that typically starts on that team when they're healthy. Not one. So, I, I, I mean, people looked at the six touchdowns and said, wow, how good is New Orleans playing? They didn't put that context into it. And by the way, I think it affected New Orleans, too. I think they think they're better than they are because of stuff like that. It's sort of human nature. You start to feel your oats. And now all of a sudden they're facing a – This is obviously Chicago's not a playoff team. We all know that. Uh, they kind of backed in because somebody had to be there. The AFC is better than the NFC. Got the extra playoff team. That was a joke of a team. This is, you know, I, Tampa Bay's got issues. They're not great, but they're good. And I, I don't think the Saints are as good as people think they are. And I've been saying that for weeks. So you're going with the Bucks, and you have Mahomes and Lamar Jackson in the AFC side of things, and Rodgers and Brady. Certainly some storylines. Not bad. Not bad. <laughs> That's not bad. Um, uh, and, and you can't really lose because if you end up with 
right on the NFC side, if you end up with, I can't imagine the Rams, but if you end up with Rodgers or, or Breeze, it, it's the same type of thing. Yep. Uh, same type of marquee thing. Uh, and on the other side, if you end up with Mahomes versus Josh Allen, I, I mean, to me, the MVP, as I said, is pretty clearly Aaron Rodgers. But number two is Josh Allen this year. I don't think there's any question about that either. And then you have the former MVPs, Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes. I mean, it's just, yeah, I, I, we often get too caught up in, in the quarterback position when it comes to winning games, and people do often, you know, boil it down to Brady versus Breeze or Allen versus Lamar. And, and you know, almost always somebody else will be the key, making the key play to win the game, whether it's a running back, receiver, what have you, maybe a pick six, whatever, defensive player. But I, I got to tell you, if you got a quarterback like that, there's a good chance you're going to be standing in the championship games. Yeah, you got a chance. Let's put it that way. You certainly do, and and this weekend is uh, it's going to be fun to say the least. Two games Saturday, two games Sunday. Winners advance to championship weekend, final four, whatever you want to call it. Um, if you have to pick an upset, John, where is where is it coming from? We have a couple toss up games and then a couple um, lopsided games as far as the spreads go. But where is a potential upset coming from? Well, the only the only um, uh, upset I I can't see in any way is the Rams beating the Packers. Uh, so that one I cross off the board, um, and that's my gimme of the week. Uh, everyone else, I, you can you can talk yourself into it. Even Cleveland, as I said, because um, you know Kansas City has, despite that record, really if you look at the stretch of the season for them. They, they've been kind of coasting, uh, kind of turning it on at times, not not playing uh, good football for 60 minutes, and that kind of haunted them last year in the playoffs were able to overcome it. So can you keep doing that in big spots consistently? I think it's very unlikely that Cleveland pulls it off, but the other three games I can see anybody uh, – I can see – Pulling off the upsets, the only one I can't see, is, as I said, is Green Bay. But the most likely to me is uh, Tampa Bay over New Orleans. All right, John. And then I guess to end on a low note, I'll just ask you for a quick update on the the head coaching uh, merry-go-round in the NFL and anything <laughs> new with the Eagles before before you get into your weekend. Yeah, I, I'm I'm pretty proud of the fact that I predicted this pretty much a hundred percent to this point. I mean, the Eagles did their cursory interest in Robert Sal and Arthur Smith because they were the hot candidates, but I kind of told everybody uh, that those guys weren't realistic because they had other options. Uh, and obviously Sal, it goes with the Jets, Arthur Smith today for the Falcons. Um, so that kind of panned out as we expected, and the Eagles get the interviews for the reason that they can say, oh, look, we showed interest, we did our due diligence, but we liked insert name better, which is exactly what's going to happen. It's not true, but it's exactly what's going to happen. Uh, and, and then today's interviews were um, uh, Deuce Staley, which 
by the way, I mean, you know, Jeffrey Lurie might have created an issue for himself because there are so many. Shocker. So many Eagles players coming out in support of Deuce Staley get this job. And ex-players, guys like high-profile guys like Malcolm Jenkins, Chris Long. Um, today was Kenyon Barner. He's not as high-profile. But Brandon Graham came out today. Just Rodney McLeod had done it before. Just player after player after player. And, you know, is I, I still think it's unlikely, but I said at the beginning, the home run is Lincoln Riley, who, by the way, is still not committed to Oklahoma, at least verbally. There's been reports he's not leaving, but he has not said, I'm not leaving. So that door's slightly ajar. Uh, still unlikely, but he's the home run hire. East is the safety net, and I think ultimately Mike Kafka is going to guy, be the guy they target. That's been my prediction from the start. I'm sure they hope Kansas City's upset so they can move forward and at least talk to him, but I don't think that's going to happen. They're probably going to have to wait till February, but it's interesting because Jeffrey Lurie said in his press conference he doesn't mind waiting to February, so maybe that was a little hint. And Gerard Mayo was also interviewed today, but um, again, I, I, I mean, you know, this year the Rooney rule changed a little bit. You have to uh, interview two minority candidates uh, from outside the organization. So I think people don't realize, like, Deuce Staley does not count this year, um, where he would have counted in the past, say, 2016, uh, when they interviewed him for head coach. So um, Robert Saller was interviewed, uh, Gerard Mayhoe. So, uh, so the Eagles have now finished that part of it. Um, and we'll see how they go. But clearly they they were never in the mix with the so-called hot candidates. We've been telling you that from the start, and the hot candidates are gone. Yes, they certainly are. Well, one or two still coaching. Well, I will say Brian, Brian Dayball is out there with Buffalo. Obviously, yeah. you've got to wait until they lose, but he's going to go to the Chargers, so don't worry about that. I think that's the best job, Ben. Go out in sunny oh, yeah. L.A., new stadium, young quarterback. Oh, people in this league love Justin Herbert. So, I mean, I, I think every offensive coach, even Arthur Smith, I think if he had his druthers, they would want to charge us because of Justin Herbert. I don't blame him. Uh, I would go out there and, and selfishly, for, for personal reasons, uh, 70 and sunny every day. But um, <laughs> John, It is 70 and sunny, but a yeah. lot of taxes. you got to add that. That's in, true. Uh, Ryan. That is true. Um John, before you get out of here, what do you have going on tomorrow? Oh, sorry. You're hearing AM. I'll, I'll pull, I'll, uh, I, I just paused that for you, John. What do you have going on tomorrow on extending the play? Uh, we're going to have my buddy Ed Cratch from Sports Illustrated, who was the one who first broke uh, the Eagles' contact in Lincoln Riley. We're going to run down this coaching search from tops to box, top to bottom. Um, and also, you know, kind of hammer home our uh, – predictions uh, for divisional round weekend with Rich Q. There you go. John McMullen, Rich Q involved in the conversation tomorrow, 10 a.m. right here on 1490 Sports Betting Radio. If you like this segment even a little bit, you'll like extending the play even more. John, I appreciate it, my friend. Enjoy the uh, divisional round weekend. We'll talk Monday. All right. Thanks, Ryan. You too. Yep. There he is. Johnny Mack. All right. Let's get to that break. 
Uh, much more still ahead. Luke Pergandy, the co-founder of PropSwap, he joins me when we come back. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.